Hi, I'm Toby, and welcome to the Pure Property Podcast Weekly News Roundup from Track Capital, where we give you an overview of the property headlines that have caught our attention this week. Remember, we will put the full links to the articles in the show notes, so feel free to check them out for yourselves. So, The headlines this week have been shifted back to Brexit as we see deadline day looming and we wait in anticipation to see if the UK leaves with a deal or no deal scenario. With all that talk in the media, the latest Halifax House Price Index report has slipped under the radar, it would seem. The new data shows that house price growth is on its strongest run since 2004 and prices are up 1.2% in October. House prices in November were 7.6% higher than in the same month a year earlier, which is the strongest growth since June 2016. Very strong results here for the UK property market and we will probably see this continue into next year. And depending on how the Brexit negotiations turn out, it will be interesting to see, whatever way it goes, what impact that has on the property market. Now, let's take a look at the property headlines that caught our attention this week. First up, from a state agency today, do we want flood certificates as well as EPCs. A not-for-profit group of government and insurance industry representatives called Flood RE wants a flood performance certificate to be issued for every home. They think that the certificates could encourage more people to install property flood resilience measures and mitigate against future flood risk and would need to be provided at the point of sale or rental of a property. I know that in property sale transactions, during the conveyancing process, flood risk reports are done. And if it comes up as high risk, solicitors will advise their clients accordingly and some lenders may not lend on the property. So this could help prevent and or highlight the problem in the beginning. However, if you then okay or give the green light to this it it comes to the fact of where does this end do you then ask that every property has a full structural survey before it goes to market and i know this is probably mainly property sale focused but if we start going down this route we would have to then change the whole buying and selling process i really don't know where it would end we would probably then be heading to a more scottish style sales process where all reports etc are done before you even put the property on the market and then it's presented to the buyers beforehand i can sense the talk of hips making a return and we all know how that turned out this week mortgage solutions bought us the headlines first time buyer landlords remain buoyant despite pandemic. It's interesting to see this article report that instead of some first-time buyers trying to purchase their first home to live in, these borrowers are actually choosing to invest in a buy-to-let as their first purchase. 
The prominent type of this buyer seems to be purchasers who are living in London or the South East, where it's tougher for salaries to meet higher purchase costs. So instead of these borrowers buying where they live, they can buy a property in other parts of the country where prices are lower and yields are favourable, such as northern cities like Leeds, Manchester or York. The article points to the fact that with savings rates so low, someone who isn't ready to buy a home may still want to put money into property as people want to invest in something tangible, with bricks and mortar being a great example of this. There is a myth that you can't buy an investment property unless you own your own home. Now, this article proves that this definitely is not the case. Next up from City AM, UK takes top spot in European property investment market. So, international law firm DLA Piper undertook a recent global survey which surveyed 500 investors, developers and asset managers from across Europe, China and the US where they ranked the UK highest for future residential property investment. Additionally, nearly one third, which is 29%, expect to invest more in 2021 than they did in 2020. Behind the UK were France and Germany in the table, and it would seem that despite COVID-19 and uncertainty over long-term recovery from the pandemic, investors continue to feel positive about the European residential market. Olaf Schmidt, Managing Director of Practice Groups at DLA Piper, put this down to the European real estate market having strong fundamentals, low interest rates and high potential yield returns compared to equity markets. And that the UK remains an attractive market for investment, also post-Brexit, which should provide confirmation and reassurance that the UK is a vital hub for activity and growth. And lastly, we have one-off tax grab on property values proposed. And this article comes from Property Industry Eye. Well, now we have more taxation speculation. And this time, experts have warned that millions of people could see their main homes, not just additional properties, taxed as part of a one-off wealth tax. So, rather than increasing income tax or VAT, The government would instead look at a tax on people who have assets worth £500,000 or £1 million for a married couple and taxing those households an extra 1% on their assets could raise £260 billion over five years according to a report from the Wealth Tax Commission. The concern for this would be that it would target thousands of people and households that are not particularly wealthy, causing them to struggle and even find themselves in debt as they are asset rich but not cash rich. Nimesh Shah, CEO at tax and advisory firm Blick Rothenberg, commented, Pensioners who fund their living costs through savings, farmers owning agricultural land and private business owners 
will all be concerned by the proposals and how they will feasibly fund the tax. These groups may need to burden themselves with debt to pay the tax, although this may not be an option or cost-effective for everyone. For example, the elderly. And according to Nimesh, recent tensions around future tax rises, in particular capital gains tax, risk damaging the UK's reputation as a centre for international business at a time when the government should be doing all it can to keep the UK competitive under the backdrop of Brexit. Let's hope this idea doesn't get any traction and we don't end up seeing it come to fruition. Well, that's all I have for you this week. And if you do have any comments or questions about the articles discussed, please feel free to get in touch. You can email us at info at trackcapital.co.uk. Also, you can contact us via all the social media outlets. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please, if you are on Apple, leave it a five star review. I'm Toby from Track Capital and I'll see you next time. Bye bye.